0: So, if you care to share it on your uh, personal media accounts, and then Lakita, are you going to monitor our Facebook uh, today? I'll try to. I'll go and uh, pull up mine, but see, I have to be in the other room, so I won't. I, see, I
1: won't be on here. Okay. 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 Well, I'll try to be on. Board.
0: Okay. All right. We're going to have a word of prayer first, and then we're going to pause for a minute that so that I can share on my um, social media. And then if anyone else wants to share, then that would be the time to do it. Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to just come before you once again and just praise and thank you for the Sabbath day and for waking us up today, for keeping us in our right minds. We thank you for this opportunity to study and to learn more about you and to glean uh, wisdom and truth from you from this study of the spirit of prophecy. And then we just ask you, Lord, that you send your Holy Spirit, Lord, as we study, to grant us clarity and understanding. And most of all, Lord, that uh, we glean principles of truth that we can apply to our lives. And we just thank you, pray, and lift up your holy and righteous name. In Jesus' name we pray. Bless those who are listening, those who will also be joining in also, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, now I'm going to share on my social media, so care to share now is the time.
2: Okay, so,
0: Again, we are studying from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 109, Publishing Personal Testimonies. And um, this chapter is about um, uh, the time period from December 1866 to October of 1867. And um, she basically, this is dealing with uh, personal testimonies that she observed or Became, that she became aware of during that time period, Ellen White became aware of during that time period. And she was in a quandary as to what to do about those personal testimonies. And uh, she said she had written many personal testimonies during that time period, meaning that uh, when she became aware of them, she wrote to the people that, um, who they were concerning. And she said that um, for many of them, she said um, during during that, that time period that she had testimonies, she still had to write. As she found the time and the strength to write them, she said, but. Just, she said, just what my duty is in relation to these personal testimonies has been a long uh, lo- has long been a matter of no small anxiety to her. In other words, she was trying to determine what is her duty when she hears this stuff, when she uh, or when she becomes aware of it, actually. And uh, she was in a, ca- a quandary about that, you know, that basically am I my brother's keeper type of thing. And um, she um, she said, with a few exceptions she has sent them to the the ones whom they related to. In other words, she sent them directly to the persons that they were about. And um, she's left it to those persons, those people that they were about to decide what, if anything, to do about them or to do with them. And um, so um, can you all tell me uh, what are some of the examples? It was three three kind of re- responses that she got from the people that she sent them to. What were those three responses?
2: Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things I was wanting to comment on was where she says she what she should do in relation to these testimonies.
0: Mm-hmm. Know,
2: no small anxiety because I know when the Lord gives gave her a testimony, she knew she was supposed to give it to somebody, and I did see uh or see on a documentary where she would hold it until the lord told her to so she knew about that part but i'm thinking also she might have been concerned after i give it to him now what am i supposed to do like uh am i supposed to help him am i supposed to talk him through it do i Mm. need to explain point by point because like she said hey i gave it to him and then that was it so i think she might have also been wondering what more should I do do right. I am I supposed right. to do anything more or just right
0: and you know. know what's interesting about that is several years ago the Lord gave me a testimony to give to someone and I hemmed and hard and hemmed and hard. and it took me a long time to write that letter mm-hmm. and to send it to that person I never heard back from that person so I don't know how they took it you know what I mean
2: yeah. but it's
0: a long time to even write it and then to send it i don't know how they responded to it i don't know whether they you know you know what i'm saying
2: yeah see that that's what i was them. saying she might have been going through like you did once you send it should i follow up should i call them should i ask them what they think
3: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah well the
0: lord never told me to follow up
2: mm-hmm.
0: told me to write it
2: <laughs> so, <Yeah>. you
0: know <laughs> so that's all i did and I was like, finally, <laughs> I don't know if that's obedience when you finally do something the Lord tells you to do, or, you know, you don't do it when the Lord first tells you, but anyway, but yeah, but go ahead. What are, what are, what, are, what are were the the type, the responses, the three types of responses that she got?
2: Uh, some people were very thankful to get them. Others got them and, and admitted they were true, but then they didn't care to follow through and they just left and laid them away and then some people just didn't appreciate it at all and rebelled against them. typical human responses
0: okay now tell me a little bit more about the people who were thankful for them what was their response actual response behind that though
2: uh they they benefited by you know it's like if somebody tells you to don't go down that street because the bridge is broke and so you listen And you say, thanks for telling me. And then you go a different route where you've been blessed, you Mm -hmm. know, and you were thankful for that. So they did follow the testimony advice and they were blessed by it.
0: But it also says that they were willing to have it exposed to uh, to others. And, And so they freely and fully confessed their faults to others that someone else would learn from it. Yeah. Okay. And then the ones that, they received it. They acknowledged it privately to her, but you know, they didn't. They didn't want it publicly revealed, so mm-hmm. it just remained buried. You know, and no one else. No one really benefited from it. And then the other ones, the worst ones.
2: Uh, on number two, I was thinking too that that's similar to when we hear a really good sermon. And then we just walk away and don't, you know, feel like we need to make any changes or follow Mm. up and do some studies. We just say, oh, yeah, that was a good sermon. And then just walk off like Mm. like in the scriptures. I think it says uh, it's like a person who looks in the mirror and see that they need to fix their hair or something and they just walk away. Mm. It's not -hmm. not benefiting by it.
0: Mm -hmm. Right, right. Uh, and then the, the third group, the third class of people, I mean, they just said so they responded. What kind of spirit?
2: About wow, finding.
0: Yeah. It's like, who you going to tell me? You blah, 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 blah. You blah, blah, blah. You know, and just bitterness and anger and wrath.
2: Yeah. All three was typical human re- responses. And on the second one, it was also a testimony to the church. That whole church could have benefited, but the person just threw it away or whatever. Mm-hmm. So benefit.
0: Uh-huh. And then she said, right. And then again on the third one, it's like um those those people, some of them, you know, they just held her for hours, making excuses and complaining and murmuring and justifying their actions and all of that. And it just burdened her down and weighed her down that these people you know, thought that she would change what she said to them after they justified themselves and, you know what I'm saying? And complained <laughs> and, and griped about it.
2: And then- Like she gonna uh, say, oh, I'm sorry, I must've wrote that down. Right, and, um,
0: retract, and retract what yeah, she said.
2: Retract and that the Lord gave it to
0: her. Yes, right. And so instead of them apologizing, they wanted her to apologize to them for what she said practice i mean you know that's what i'm getting from that you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh then the, so instead of you know of, of them apologizing like it's different between the victim and the being, being a victim or a victimizer you know they they considered themselves a victim
2: mm-hmm.
0: and wanted to be treated like a victim instead of you know you're the victimizer here you know
2: yeah, nobody likes to hear the truth. The truth yeah. hurts.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you know some, sometimes we think that it the person that's telling us and like I said Ellen White was telling them from what does say the Lord, but sometimes you know you get those people to think, well, if I click up with somebody else and they against her and we get against her, then maybe she, you know, maybe she'll she'll I don't want to say dummy down her message. But, you know, it's not about numbers beating up on one person. If God led her, she was going to do what does said the Lord and wasn't nothing going to shake her.
0: Mm-hmm. And then what was the effect of her health of be this category of people?
2: Uh, it says, has worn upon her courage and health ten times more than all the toil of writing the testimonies.
0: hmm Uh, Talking about the
2: way that the people acted, the unconsecrated, unthankful people caused her a lot of suffering and wear.
0: Yeah. And can you imagine that, you know, her whole burden was, you know, I am my brother's keeper. I have to tell them their error, Uh, you know, and I'm sure she, you know, she spoke the truth in love, you know, so... How how would that make you feel? You're speaking the truth in love. You know, this is what God told you to do. And then they just spit on you, kick you, beat you. You know, I'm just, you know, speaking, you know.
3: Yeah. And can you imagine there was times that she had to say to herself, "Um, you know, these people got brick heads and uh, heads hard as a rock. And, you know, Lord, you asking me to tell them and nothing's getting through to them. So, you know, I, I, I imagine on her human side, she was beginning to doubt doubt herself saying, am I saying it in the right way? And I'm saying, am I saying what you want me to say? Because, Lord, they're not moving.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think we have to be careful too to uh, pay attention to who's saying it, because God had not called or told everybody to just come up and say stuff. Some people take it upon themselves and just determine. Well, I'm going to tell them, you know, a thing or two. And, and they may come to you and say, the Lord told me to tell you when the Lord hadn't told them nothing. So, you,
3: Amen, I, brother.
2: Yeah, you do. And, uh, have right. remember, Everybody remember, don't have the spirit.
0: Right. Remember an earlier chapter where we read about her husband cutting and slashing and mm-hmm. how the, 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 the brethren condemned him? But it it was plainly stated there like you said, Lee, everybody hasn't been given that duty from God to do that mm-hmm. because some of them don't do it in the right manner and the right spirit.
2: And they're not even yeah. telling the truth.
3: That's right <laughs> right and, and, and maybe they they pulling out your, your faults and they done did the same thing, but yet they want mm-hmm. you to feel guilty.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know that does happen
0: right, right. Or some people are so blinded to themselves, but they can show point out your sins.
3: Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. (laughs) Say it, (laughs) sister.
0: And so, you know, this was really a burden on her, like just like it was a burden on her husband when he was told by God to point out the sins of, you know, certain others. And this was a real burden on her. And it really, you know, it really uh, just just weighed on her health and everything. And I, I was thinking about that this week. And I was thinking about how, you know, you you wish people would do what they're supposed to do as adults. You
3: don't want to have to yeah. nag people into doing
0: what they should be doing,
3: you know? Because Karen, they- Karen, Karen, what well, you talking about? My family. You should have talked to them this week. <laughs> <too>. <laughs>
0: Because you know what? Nagging people has a negative impact on your own health. Yeah. And they don't want to hear it anyway. You know? And so it's like, God, just just help them to do what they need. Help them to see their duty and just do what they need to do because it's their duty to do. You know? So that nobody is negatively impacted by your words. Even words spoken in love like she was doing. Sister White was doing, speaking out of love for that person's salvation, um, you know, bring them out of the Satan's, Satan's mirage of deception,
3: you know. And, you know, sister, sometime when they, when they nagging and, and they telling you all this misery and stuff. You get to the point where you all you can say is I pray for you because you know when you when you think you can help them and then they are still nagging and they're so negative the, the first thing that came out of my mouth was I'm gonna pray for you and mm-hmm. I know you know it should be more than just prayer to do something but you don't know what to do because they're so negative and you're like if I try to do this for you you're not gonna appreciate it you're gonna find something negative and to nag about what I tried to do. Mm-hmm. Like he said, even if I'm doing it, you know, out of love and out of, you know, God say, you know, you you, know, you are your brother's keeper. Sometimes they don't appreciate it and you're doing the best you can. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. And also, even though uh, people want to come to you and speak the truth in love, we always have to be cognizant of our own faults and recognize that, hey, we got sins and faults that we're struggling with. So. Let's be kind, however yes. we approach people and recognize that we're all trying to make it. We're all trying to do the best we can and that we have to be very careful.
3: Yes. Amen, brother. Amen.
0: Yes. And um, so she says that all of this had been suffered by her without the brethren and the sisters knowing anything about it for the most part. And that they just had no idea of the amount. Mal- the amount of wearing labor that she had to perform in this, in this area, nor of the burdens and sufferings that were unjustly thrown upon her. And I imagine, you know, again, of the people's reactions, you know, for the most part, negative, I, I, you know. Yes, there were three categories of, of responses, but probably the largest category, and even if you see it evidenced by how much she wrote, Because if you look at the categories, there was very little written under number one, a little bit more written under number two, and way more written under number three. So that tells me, if you're just looking at it based on that, very few acknowledge their faults and their wrongs and say, yeah, go ahead and make make it public. Then some, this next category, okay, well, they acknowledge it, but just keep it private. Just keep it between us. And then the others it just, oh man, they just went on and on and just turned on her, you know? So that right there is an indication of <laughs> the numbers of people, you know, that fell into each category. And that has to be we- wearying and burdensome, you know, for anybody. And then she says that um, She says, in some cases, persons have been offended because she did not publish all the communications. Now, just imagine that. Imagine if she had published everything. She said, on account of their numbers, this would be hardly possible. And it would be improper from the fact that some of them relate to sins which need not and should not be made public. So some of them were so, I imagine, delicate that, you know, she wasn't, her, her aim was never to destroy people. Her aim was never to destroy people, but it was to draw them closer to the Lord. And so, you know, it was never to just needlessly, you know, hurt people. And so, yeah, some of them, it would have just needlessly hurt people. I imagine, you know. And should just remain private between her and and the persons that she was, you know, they were about.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the way that we're supposed to be. Um, I think it's Matthew 13, where if you see somebody have a problem, that you go to them first. And then mm-hmm. if they don't listen, then you go with the elders or whatever. You know, you take those steps so that you don't needlessly hurt people or needlessly involve folk who don't really even need to know what's going on. But many times we just skip that part and go right to blaming, you know, in public. And that's yeah. in a bad light on the person and on the church. Plus, suppose you just did wrong. Now you done put this person's name all out there. And the way it happens, most time, people are public when they're condemning, but then they want to apologize in private. So mm. the people that heard the condemnation They don't know that you admitted that you messed up and made a mistake. All they remember is, oh, yes, so-and-so did this or that. So I think we have to remember the the route that we're told to go. First, go to that person in private Mm -hmm. and try and handle that situation.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you think about that person that did wrong and, you know, and went to God and you know, ask for forgiveness and ask their fellow man for forgiveness. When they're out there and if they're, if they're inviting people, people have already heard the stories from what you did at the church and they're like, I ain't come to that ch- your church or whatever. Because they start repeating stuff that's happening at the church and you're like, I know that. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I, I don't go there for that, so I would, and so I always, you know, when they get get whatever, they going to say, you know, so-and-so to go to your church. She did this or he did that, and I say, I just want to introduce you to Jesus. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah. you know, right. I, I don't know all of this, and I didn't go to church to find out all of this, and right. when you can tell me what I did wrong, I'd be like, you know, sister, you heard that. And, you know, I pray to the Lord, and the Lord is working with me. He's still working with me. And then I go on and say, now, I'm inviting you because I want you to hear, you know, a word from the Lord. But I said, it's funny when outsiders can tell you your faults. I mean, the, what they done heard through the grapevine. And, you know, anything you hear coming, whether it's in our church or another church or from somebody, there's always something added to it that had never occurred.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that last sentence says, is- Sins which need not and should not be made public. And a lot of times people will go public with stuff that nobody should ever hear about except the person and the Lord. You know, and the Bible says, confess our faults one to another, but not sins. Right. You know, but people don't care. They like, yeah, they did this and that. And you just bring in dispersion on that person and on the church too. If, if you mention in the church that the person's at and how, the other people in the church, they this and that too. That's not good. It's just mm-hmm. not good.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, I, I I, also, as a cautionary tale, when we're talking to people that aren't members of our church, we need to be careful about telling them all the negative stuff that's going on in our church. Because when, we, because when we turn around and want to invite them to something at our church, why would they want to come? They've heard yeah. all, all this negative stuff about our church.
2: Yeah, that's what Patsy was saying. they like, I don't want to come to that church. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I didn't heard about y'all. Right.
0: <laughs> right. Um, and then, so she said in this next paragraph, she said, I have finally decided that many of these personal testimonies should be published as they all contain more or less reproof and instruction, which apply to hundreds or thousands of others in a similar condition these should have the light which God has seen fit to give which meets their cases. It is wrong to shed it away from them by sending it to one person or to one place where it is kept as a light under a bushel. My convictions of duty on this point have been greatly strengthened by the following dream. Now, Anybody want to tell me what the dream was about?
2: Uh, One thing I was going to say before that is that's why we have these testimonies now, because the Lord impressed her to publish them, but she just uses initials so as not to expose people. It's just brother letter J and sister letter K, Mm -hmm. because everybody's going through some of the very same experiences. And what's good for one person can also help thousands and millions of others. So Mm -hmm. testimonies uh if you like we i've read several of them and -hmm. some of them you can apply to yourself you're like wow i went through that and that's good advice you know on how to handle that situation or whatever so yeah you apply to more than one person
0: and that's interesting that's an interesting way to do it so you you expose the sin and the advice without exposing the person Mm -hmm. yeah Okay. you
3: go ahead, Pat. You you asked about this story, and, and and I'm I'm trying to think. There was this story, like I said, about the about the tree that was yeah. dying, yeah. and then underneath it was the worms, and it made me think of you know how it, when it's, when people, whether you know it's in church or just in public, you know they come out and they look so nice. And then when they open their mouth, it's downgrading someone, it's putting someone down. And you just say to yourself, as beautiful as you are on the outside, the inside is all affected. You know, it's diseased up when your mind is only focusing on negative. When God God didn't tell you to call these people out and they doing this and they doing that, God tells you to look inward. But if you already in your inward of yourself, it's full of nothing but, I don't want to say, uh, anger and and distinction, but, you know, and want to cause confusion and stuff. Then God is saying, you just like this tree. You got worms underneath you. And if you don't ask for forgiveness and confess your sins and go to Christ and start treating your brothers and sisters the way you want to be treated, then worms don't eat you up. Mm. Does that make sense? <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs>
0: Yeah, but now in her dream, she found several causes of why the trees were were dying. What were some of the other causes?
2: Uh, Uh, Lack lack of water.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was one of them.
2: And then like Patsy was saying, the worms.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And too close together was another. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And that's when one reason why I think prayer lines and taking classes and it uh, helps you to keep not, you know, as far as the tree wise, I mean, you know, trees and plants need water. But we need a fresh renewal every week, every day on the word of God, because if we let if we let ourselves dry up and say, oh, you know, I went to church, you know, the Sabbath, I kept the Sabbath and don't do nothing the other six days a week to keep ourselves uh, you know, motivated to letting the Holy Spirit lead us, talking to people, telling them about Christ, then we just might well be a tree that dries up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from that standpoint. But she's she's looking at it from the standpoint of how can we help the other trees keep from getting tainted um, by these trees that are that are that are dying and so and one of the other causes was some of them were being bent and deformed by the wind and needed stakes in them to help them you know you see seen the trees that have been anchored to the earth by the, the ropes and the stakes and all of that uh-huh. uh-huh so that they would grow right grow upright you know um, and so there were many reasons why you know, the the trees were, were dying. And so she said her work was to explain to the workmen the different reasons why these trees did not prosper. And so she said this was necessary from the fact that the trees in the other grounds were liable to be affected as these had been and the cause of them not flourishing and how they should be cultivated and treated must be made known. So in other words, she had to make public the reasons for the, the, the conditions of these trees that were not flourishing so that the workmen could then, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? The, they could act rather than react. So they could act to prevent you know, the same conditions from developing in the other trees instead of being on the other end and trying to react to try to to try to uh, save the trees after they had you know suffered some of these conditions.
2: Any comments on that? One of the things that I was looking at is the whole dream about the trees is talking about the, the members. Mm -hmm. You know, and all of us as members, we're affected by all kind of different things, which was all those different ways the trees have been affected. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe you have uh, allowed worms to come in. You know, the the devil's tricks have got you doing things that shouldn't do. Maybe you hadn't been watered properly from uh, listening to and studying the word of God Mm -hmm. Maybe been crowded together with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. So it's talking about the people. And how we can be affected, just like trees can be, and that's mm-hmm. why somebody has to come and see what's going on, see how they must be treated, and then how to cultivate them. And mm-hmm. that's usually the way we think of it. Is that's what that's why people uh, need to study and pray and, and be involved in church because that's where you can get some um, where you can be cultivated and fertilized through the word of God. But if you just out there on your own, then you're going to end up dying like these trees.
3: hmm Yeah. So we're and all they, affected I think, in many
2: different ways.
3: And I think, too, sometimes we have to realize you may not get that cultivating and everything you need just on on the Sabbath. What are you doing the other six days mm-hmm. for the Lord that he will continue to grow you?
0: Amen. hmm mm-hmm. Exactly, and actually, it's more of the other six days because that's what you bring into the Sabbath. <laughs> you know, you can't think that okay, I can just be spirit filled on the Sabbath, and that'll that is that's enough. <laughs> you no,
2: know, it's like the song: one night of praying and six nights of fun. Uh, to <laughs> or six, uh, to <laughs> Eleven or heaven or six to one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh. So then now, what now, Lee, in this next paragraph, Mm
2: -hmm. this
0: is the one time I've seen her give someone's full name. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And she says, in this testimony, I speak freely of the case of who?
3: Sister Hannah Moore. Uh
0: (laughs) And um, so she said, not from a willingness to grieve the Battle Creek Church, but from a sense of duty. She said, I love that church, notwithstanding their faults. She said, I know of no church that act, that in acts of benevolence and general duty do so well. But she said, I, pre- pre- I present the frightful acts in this case. And now in this chapter, she didn't go into the frightful facts. And I don't know whether she'll go into them in another chapter. She just mentioned the name in this chapter, but She, I mean, wow, frightful facts, okay? (laughs) In this case, to arouse our people everywhere to a sense of their duty. And so, what we've been reading about in this lesson, what is that duty?
2: What do you mean, what does that do?
0: What is that, what is that duty? Oh, what is that duty? She says, to arouse our people everywhere to a sense of their duty. What is their duty? And she's speaking specifically about this woman's frightful, the frightful facts relating to this woman, meaning, and I'm just gonna say, you know, something that was done, you know, by this woman.
2: I think one of the sense of duty is to live out the self-sacrificing principles of the word of God. So live our lives as Christians. And the Bible says, um, fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man.
0: Hmm. So, but based on what we've been saying in this chapter, dealing with the testimonies of other people, what is that sense of duty? Keep them private, or or, or speak them publicly?
3: Well, I, I thought in in my case, in, in the case of Sister Hannah, I thought she was saying her duty was not to go out and broadcast everything, but her duty was to. Can, uh, and, and when it talks about the next little sentence, there's no one in 20 of those who have good standings with the seven day Advent is living out the self-sacrificing principles of the Word of God. Well, the Word of God does not tell us, but it says, let us not their enemies. I'm thinking in terms of, she was telling her, whatever has happened, don't put that person out there. And if you consider them your enemies, God says, love your enemies. So if you need to reproach that people, in in Sister Hannah Moore's uh, case, she should approach her as God would have done, in, in the way God would want that individual approached. I think
0: that's always the case, but I think in this particular case, she made public Sister Hannah Moore's situation so that the church could learn from it, and so that the church could benefit by it, and that she thought that was her duty, and this was not one of those cases of, well, it was better to keep it private.
3: So, Sister Karen, are you saying in the case of uh of Sister Hannah, it was something that had affected the whole church back then? I'm, I'm trying to get a clarification. I don't know whether it had
0: affected the whole church.
3: But But she said she she knew her duty.
0: Rightful facts in this case to arouse our people everywhere to a sense of their duty. So she had to present the facts of the case to the church so that she says to arouse our people everywhere to a sense of their duty. I don't know. Let's just say, for instance, uh, and, you know, I don't know what the situation was because she didn't go into it here, but let's just say... Let's just say several church or or church members became aware that this woman was severely abusing her kids, had them tied up, chained in a cage somewhere. (laughs) I mean, that happened. We've we've heard of situations in the news like that. So do you keep that a secret? Or do you make it public and take it to the authorities and all of that kind of stuff? You know what I'm saying? You know what I was thinking? what thinking
1: What I was thinking about that was that. She mentioned Hannah because maybe she had talked to people about Hannah. But then I think when I read that passage, she's saying that she's going to make all of her testimonies henceforth have been secret, make them all available because those situations are going to keep happening. So rather than one person benefiting from it, the whole church can benefit from that. Uh, and it can prevent some stuff because they can see themselves in it before they do the, the mess. Or, you know, um, also church members will have this um, this example that this is how she handled it. This is what she did. And, you know, so they would know that um, here's some things that we need to do. So I think she mentioned Hannah, but the principle is she's going to make this available that what she's been doing um so that everybody can benefit from it you know because she mentioned yeah mm -hmm.
0: and yes and i think part of that in inherent in that is by making it public it, it makes those people subject to church discipline also sometimes maybe even even civil discipline but certainly you know in some instances church discipline and that 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 ha- hopefully that has a deterring effect on other people, you know. I don't think
1: personally. Uh, um, I I don't think that um, that we should be involved in covering sin. Period. Right. right. Whether it's in our homes, or in our churches, or on our jobs, we shouldn't be a part of that because that's a dysfunctional environment, and mm-hmm. also. You know, when we're covering up people's sin, they only get worse. You know, um, what they do is take your knowledge of what they've done and we're not speaking about it to anybody. And they'll say, well, it must not be too bad because I'm doing it and she didn't say anything. And they'll even say that, you know, like in front of other people, well, you know, Sister Carol, she didn't say anything about it. So I don't see why, you know, you guys are so upset about it. And it's just a deleterious effect on the home you know, um, doing stuff secret, hiding, hiding that you bought a dress so your husband won't know you're overspending. It's just not good. It's not a good thing. You won't change and they can't help you change because nobody knows.
3: But Mm. oftentimes, too, in a church, those who hold positions, if someone speaks up and says, sister so-and-so, you knew you shouldn't have talked to sister so-and-so like that because a position sometimes. The, I, I always say the ordinary and common people sit back and they say, I don't want to say nothing because Sister So-and-so hold a position and she's tight with the pastor and she's tight with this person. So when the one person is speaking and they're doing it in love out of God and they're saying, if you continue to do this, it's going to make the whole church look bad. That person is usually dumped on by many people. And yet, that person is right. God told that person to speak up and say, you can't keep treating so-and-so's little girl like that. You know, get to know her before you criticize her and you're doing this or whatever. And I said, it is very hard to speak against people that hold positions because they think, uh-uh, if I tell the pastor something, he'll believe me because i hold a position. But if a normal common person say, that person's in the wrong, uh-uh, you get dumped on. Well, Patsy...
1: I don't know what where all that's coming from because we're all just normal people. Everybody in the church is just a normal person. Now, for some people may carry that and think that's something. And if a pastor um, wants to like allow this thing to grow up under his nose in his church, it's only going to hurt the church. It's not going to help his ministry to grow and stuff. And keep in mind, when we do something one time, then it's easier to recommit that sin. So now, you know, after you've been spineless, not speaking up once, it's so easy to compete, repeat it until eventually, you know, the church is out of control, you know. And, and if the Lord tells you to do something, you know, he knows who you are. He knows exactly, just like he says, um, the Lord uh, hardened Pharaoh's heart. He knew exactly what Pharaoh was going to do. That's why he said, hey, I'm going to let you go and tell Pharaoh. And then they were like, ah, well, honey, that's not going to happen. I'm going to do this next. Okay. So did Moses didn't care. He can jump on them all he wants to. The bottom line is, it was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to do what the Lord says. And bam, this is what's going to happen. The same thing with you. If you tell somebody something, they can get mad. The pastor can get mad. The whole world can get mad. But the bottom line is when the Lord tells you to do something or to say something to somebody and you say it and they get upset. You know, God already knew they was going to be upset. He knew that, you know, but he's trying to save us. And sometimes we're probably going to feel kind of upset about some stuff. But that's not your problem. That's not our problem. Because I think they we talked about it earlier on the line. It said, you know, um, when she gave the message, you don't have to sit around and wait for people to decide what they're going to do. You don't have to instruct them further. You don't have to. You know, give them a massage. You don't have to do all that. You do what God tells you to do and then you keep it moving. Amen. And nobody's Amen. gonna like it either. They we never I don't like it if somebody tells me that I'm wrong. I don't know anybody who loves it to be told that they're wrong. I hear people say, I, I'm I'm pretty good at accepting constructive criticism, but then anytime say somebody say something is not constructive as far as they're concerned. <laughs> that's a whole different
0: issue. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we're human that way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. You know, everybody is. And so, you know, it's kind of like, I'm going to say this and I mean this in a kind way, you know, we want to do God's work, but we want people to like us doing God's work. We don't have to, they don't have to like us. That's
3: right. They don't have to.
1: They don't have to like us and we don't have to care. That they well, what,
0: and what does the scripture actually say about that?
1: When you, when you give, some, when you're doing the work of God, you're talking about like, and they don't receive you, then uh, shake the dust off your shoes and keep them. No, moving. I'm saying if any man
0: follow suffer persecution. Say that again. Say that again. If any man will follow Christ, he shall suffer persecution. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, so don't you know? It's hard to not. You, we all want to be liked. Everybody, I want to be liked. Everybody do, but you know, this world, people are just not balanced. They just not. So we can't expect a balanced response from unbalanced human beings. All of us are unbalanced.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And the church is a place for. People who are sick, spiritually sick. Right.
1: And it's interesting how people, this is something that, you know, I noticed people who are not even trying. I'm not talking about people in church. You know, we assume they at least trying, but people who are not even trying. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I have been to family, you know, like dinners and because I'm vegan, There's this one person every time, this last time they didn't, because I really didn't eat, look at my plate and say, I thought you were vegan. They have something in it. They have something in it. It's very annoying, right? It's just extremely annoying. It's like you eating everything you can put your mouth on. Why are you in my plate? You need to be in your plate.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Or like this is Labor Day weekend. They invite you but then they criticize. You mean to tell me you don't want, and my, my uncle been barbecuing all night, and you don't want no piece of chicken? And it's like, I don't feel like justifying it, so I'm staying home. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I cordially say thank you for inviting me, but you know, I plan on just staying home.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's you know it comes from within, but you know, what is it that we are um, We're watched on every side? It's a verse, that's not the words, but we are watched on every side. You know, it's people on every side of you, man. You just sometimes like, just let me stay in my room they, so I won't have to deal with
3: it today. Mm-hmm. And you know, when, when you think about what Ellen White was saying that, you know, it's supposed to benefit the whole, whole church. You would think that when people hear, hear even church members, when they hear, they, you know, some will say, I don't, I don't know, I don't have nothing to do on the Sabbath. So you just jump up and you say, well, you know, there's a prayer line and I belong to this. And then they'll say, I don't need to know all that stuff. And you like, you just said you don't have anything to do on Sabbath when you get out of church. So, you know, and and out of the the love of your heart, you know, I'm like, well, you know, you can join into this. And they and then they get started. Why you need all that stuff? And I'm like, I was just extending an invitation. (laughs) Uh,
1: I'm sorry. It's so funny. though.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you thought you, you thought they actually wanted something to do <laughs> yeah because yeah. i mean you know and i'm like well you know this is this is, you know keep keep you motivated and you know until you're the Sabbath hour. but i said you know and it, it, it's it's remarkable because some of the same stuff that I had questions about when I get on and like, I get in class and I'm reading, you know, like, especially with elder Carol and, and, and Karen, I'm reading stuff that I had questions about, but I've said in church, and even though maybe we weren't in the same Sabbath school class, I've heard them want the answers to the same question. I'm like, well, if you join the class, they'll give you readings and you'll find those answers you've been, but it's just like, say what? You know, like I just said something foreign to them by saying, <laughs> you want to join a class? <laughs> well many
0: people but fewer chosen Patsy
1: <laughs> yeah you know I'm telling you it is a, it's, it's sad but it's a, it, the way you say it Patsy it's kind of funny <laughs> it's just, because you know that's out like so true you know people I think people just talking they're not really trying for real what are you thinking I don't think they really trying they don't really
0: want to know no right because if you really wanted to know you would apply yourself to find out. Mm-hmm. And you know what else you guys,
1: but this is probably just me. I, I'm I'm kind of like this. And I do recognize that a lot of time I take the long way around in life and I could have taken a shorter route, but I'm all about, let's start something. If you want it, <laughs> you get it. You know, you provide, don't wait for somebody else to do, if you know, that's kind of like how this thing came about. You know, Cam wants to say that, study she wants to study discipleship class i mean lg white lee wants to study some books so they said let's have a class together let's do this thing you know mm-hmm. but you can't wait for everybody else to, to supply your needs it's like those women those girls those virgins in the bible and they were waiting for the bridegroom, which was christ and they didn't, some took extra oil and some didn't. Then the ones who was too lazy to t- stop busy putting on their makeup, got to make sure their dress is tight, tight, looking good, then putting the oil in their lamps, you know, and then the bridegroom comes and their lamp is going out and they're like, give us yours. No, it ain't gonna work like that. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. And you know, Latita, I agree with you because there has been books on Ellen White that I have read, and I'm like, I don't quite understand it. And with me, when I don't understand something, I just keep going over it. Then if I'm still confused, I'm like, Lord, I know there's somebody that probably can explain why, you know, why I'm on the wrong track. And I think that's where, you know, coming in and, and participating in different classes, it kind of helps you understand. If, you, if you're thinking on the wrong path, you can't keep thinking like that. God's put somebody in place that'll say... Now, look at it from this point of view, as Ellen White is talking about such and such, because, mm-hmm. like I said, there's some there's books I read on Ellen White, and I was like, I don't understand. And I said, even when I go over, I said, maybe there's something I'm missing. And then I find out somebody else has, has read that same book, and I'm going to be honest, I miss Pastor Hunter, because on Wednesdays, when we used to come into downstairs and have them Wednesday meetings, Mm-hmm. Oh, there were so many of my questions I would have on papers. I said, well, you know, when you had us to read the last day events in this chapter, this is what I don't understand. And mm-hmm. I said, and it helped. I said, it made me realize I might not be the only one that had that question, but I was the one that was verbally saying, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, you know, it's, uh, we're not going to have anybody with all this stuff. You know, I I personally want to take advantage of more of the prayer meetings and prayer services because I personally feel like this is the way to get the the latter rain. You know, you notice all of this stuff that's online, you can go online and get any Adventist sermon or, you know, Catholic sermon or Jewish sermon. It's all of this stuff online um, for people. If you want to to be filled with the spirit of God, Mm -hmm. then you can. You know, you can be, you don't have to, it's no excuse. That's really what I'm coming up with is that we don't, we don't have an excuse and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really amazing how much stuff is available and out there and how much more stuff went online because of COVID. Right. You know? And how many how many more sources and resources became available because of COVID.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's mm-hmm. Out there, you know? Yep. And it, it it's simply amazing. You know, you have no excuse if you were interested to begin with.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. So you know, if the Lord has to add a voice to it, you know, and another thing too, sometimes I feel like God remember. I think it was Nicodemus was was a him that was sitting under a tree and then you know he wanted the scriptures open to him and God sent you know sent someone to him. Sometimes people come in with an explanation to something because there is a prayer in your heart that you want to know. You know they may you may or you may be doing something wrong. I remember coming into the church and uh, I didn't know any better. So I told um, Carl and Linda Bandy they was taking us to church. They were a married couple, and Lee and I were dating. And they said, "Oh, you know." Uh, I told them that we went out to dinner, and he said, "Where'd you go?" So I told them, and they said, "What'd you order?" And I said, "Some shrimp." <laughs> it was something delicious, just... <laughs> and so I didn't know it was not the right thing. But you see how the Lord just had me to innocently say shrimp. I wasn't hiding anything, and mm-hmm. so and she got quiet. She didn't say, oh, you ain't supposed to eat that, blah, blah, blah. But I noticed she was quiet anyway. I noticed that there was, she was quiet. I said, what, what's going on? She said, well, we don't eat shrimp. I said, why not? She said, because it's an it's the, it's the unclean food. Well, you didn't have to tell me eight times. I knew that there was some foods that were unclean. I just didn't know shrimp because I didn't really eat shrimp. That wasn't something that I was around. So I was like, ah, oh, okay, not a problem. But sometimes, you know, the Lord knows what we need, and I could have got mad and said, you know, they are—they don't want to eat nothing. They always trying to make life miserable.
0: No, you, you mean you could have been a category three person out of today's <laughs>
2: <laughs> rebellious.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I could have. Well,
3: I could have listened to the people around me saying, "You don't need to know all that stuff about Ellen White." I said, but right. I said. You might not need to know it, but I want to know it. (laughs) So there's a difference.
2: Man,
1: if you, I don't know if you have her app, Patsy, but if you get this woman's app, all of these books, you cannot
0: read everything this woman wrote in a whole life. And isn't it amazing? Sometimes I just look at it and I say, this is truly amazing. It would take you your whole lifetime and then some. And then some. And And people are... Or
1: like unwilling to, um, to learn. Think about it. Think about if we, um, if if we would just believe what the woman says, we could be. The Bible says, "I'll make you the head." You could be ahead in everything, everything. But you know what, yet- Laquita, you know what,
0: Lakita. Mm-hmm. I think about all of her books. Mm-hmm. Think about the Bible. The Bible has everything in it we need to get to mm-hmm. heaven. Right. You know what I think about the Bible? I think, you know, God is so good. He didn't make us have to read every book in the library Uh on every floor to find out what we needed for our salvation. Just one book. And and, and probably if we did a a study of how many people have read the Bible from cover cover to cover, Mm -hmm. it probably wouldn't be that many people. No.
1: And another thing about the Bible, too, as we're talking about that is this. If you read, let's take the verse, first verse in Psalms, and I'm going to read it in, in a different way. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If you read that thing different, each one of those things have a different means. If you take out, like, look at up the word "want," you if you just look up that and all of the meanings, it's, it's, it just says like, "The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want." Have strong desire for, you know, or um, need. It has a whole lot. And if you substitute those words in, they all say something different. We can't possibly understand the Bible because of all of the different meanings, just in just one, one little, if you took one little verse and look up the different meanings of some of the words in there, each one will give you a different perspective of God. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Her, mm-hmm. right. And then you felt the need. Why for to write have yeah, her write her whole life and then people are complaining? I don't. That's crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And you know, I think sometimes God leads people to you because as um Sister Mother Gaffrey was leaving, and she kind of called me up. She said, "I know you take a class." She said, and she said, "Paula say she joins takes a class. You know, with you. Do you know she gave me." So many little books. Well, I guess they're not Well, it's a whole series. She gave me all of her Ellen White books. And I thought, now these are the things, you know, I said, there's no need for me to ever say if I come home from, uh, from church that I don't have something to do, just reading and then comparing what the Bible says. And I'm like, God gave her wisdom that even, even when we talk in Ephesians, when we're talking about Paul, I said, it's amazing I said that God gave Ellen White wisdom to write about apostles and prophets and and I'm like, you know, it's just I like I said, and I used to be guilty, I said, until my sister broke me down in Indiana. I used to come home from church and I thought when they said, you know, rest on the Sabbath. I come home from church. I, if I if I stayed and ate at church, fine. And if I did, I had something. And then I go to sleep. I said, I'm resting. And I was like, when I went home to Indiana, my sister say, you do what when you come home from church? When she, they got done walking me in them neighborhoods, we passing out tracks, we talking to people, we passing out steps to Christ, and all them people just happy. And my, my sister was like, yeah, this is the baby. She's from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And they like, well, Miss Johnson, we glad to meet your sister, finally. And I was like, I ain't never worked so hard in my life. When we got back to that church time to eat, I told them, Give me everything you got. I said, everything on the menu. And my sister said, are you hungry? I said, I'm starved. And she said, now, when you get back to St. Louis, you will know that it don't mean come home from church and go to sleep. Do you know I haven't done that since, since, since I left Indiana? I said, from now on, I'm fine. If I, if, it don't, if I just got to walk on the Sabbath up and down different neighborhoods, you know, talking to people, giving out tracks. I said, I, I bet you I don't go to sleep no more.
2: <laughs> that just reminded me that we're having outreach on the first and third sabbath so i'm gonna have to find out what their time schedule is to see if we need to modify our time for the class or not
0: mm-hmm. okay okay all right uh and they've been doing the uh, homeless ministry uh here right so, so we might want to look into that too okay well let's finish this out and then we'll see what your your uh, next uh, chapters are Um So basically she's saying in the very last paragraph talking about uh, the sons and daughters of God and if you are then you're going to be chastised but let not the ones who are not, who are the bastards uh, 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 boast over the ones who are the lawful sons and daughters of the almighty. So basically if you are a son and daughter of God you're gonna be chastised by the Lord. And so don't feel bad about that. Because that is just it's just a fact of life. If you're not reproved, if you're not chastised, you're an illegitimate. So that's a fact. That's 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 where it's at. So don't boast about it, cuz. Don't boast that you're not chastised by the Lord. Don't think that you're good. Anyway, Lee, where are we next week?
2: Okay. Um, Christian service. We're on chapter seven. And it says, cooperation of ministers and lay members. Cooperation of ministers and lay members. Chapter seven.
0: chicken, chicken. Cooperation
3: of ministers. Mm-hmm. Elder Carol, I'll try to bring it up at the library if I can.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, Lee, you mind praying us out? All
2: right. Dear Lord, we thank you for an enjoyable time with our discipleship class and our studies. We ask and pray that you help us to remember these things that You have blessed us to read and to discuss that we may be closer and more like the image of Jesus Christ and that others may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen.
3: Amen.
2: All righty then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Are
3: we offline? Not yet. Thank you everyone for
0: joining us for our discipleship class and we will see you guys next week. Please join us next week.